The Last Olympian, Chapter 9, Two Snakes Save My Life. I love New York. You can pop out of the underworld in Central Park, hail a taxi, head down Fifth Avenue with a giant hellhound loping along behind you, and nobody even looks at you I'm funny. Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. Look at that. I got through it all in the first try this week. You that, did it. You did it. It has not been happening. We're proud of you. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood, folks. This week, we will be discussing The Last Olympian, chapters 9 and 10, Two Snakes Save My Life, and I Buy Some New Friends, chapters that we can all relate to. <laughs> It's super. Um, I, I, I was gonna say like there's a John Mulaney joke, but I think I'm misremembering it. About buying your friends? No. <laughs> I, I've heard friends. No, the, the correct thing is, uh, do my friends hate? Do my me friends or hate me or sleep? Sleep, yes. Yeah. As a as a current college student, um, I think I can ratify that that joke. It is true. Uh, most of the time, <laughs> it is. I just need to sleep. Yeah. Sleep's good. This week, Ava will not be joining us, unfortunately, because she is trapped in traffic. She tried her best to get get home in time to record, but unfortunately, DC traffic jam prevented that from happening. But we are lucky to be joined by the fantastic Robert of Into the Riordanverse podcast, as well as the Best Damn Meme page. Robert, introduce yourselves for those of you who don't know. Hello. Hi. Uh, As Brayden so probably more eloquently than I could put it, um, introduce me. I am Robert. I am one half of the duo from Into the Riordanverse. If you look at the books that aren't Percy Jackson, so no Percy Jackson and Olympians, no Heroes of Olympus, no Trials of Apollo. I also devote most of my time to making memes for podcasts, such like this one, uh, uh, at the damn meme page on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I, my phone, I, I looked at my phone's capacity the other day and like 13% of my phone storage is memes. Love that. I love it. Yeah. Love that. So, I do have to yeah. say, say recently, you, one of your memes for our podcast was was my favorite so far um and it was about neem's neem i just called you neem in <laughs> on our podcast that is my nickname for neve um but i just i just said it normally but um uh, anyway <laughs> uh it's about neve having to uh turn off the math equations for her alarm um very funny uh, uh that was my alarmy is a great app Oh, you have Alarmy too. That's the one I have too. Mm-hmm. And I do math in the morning. I woke up today at like 6 a.m. and I'm like, I can't add three numbers. I, I know roughly yeah. what they are. I'm just no, gonna keep I'm just gonna keep putting actually numbers. So bad. Ava and um the other person that we like our other friend that we lived with in January would make fun of me every morning because I had to I had to solve a basic math equation. <laughs> I I tried that app for a while, but it it I just did it and went back to sleep. Yeah, oh, wow. that happens a lot. I I can't even wake up to like Apple's 
built-in alarms anymore. Like if I try and set a set one of those alarms, I will not wake up to it. I have to have loud alarm six on alarmy. Oh, you have like one of the I have songs um that play for my alarmy. I just <laughs> I just chose the most loud, like rambunctious songs in my phone to play mm-hmm. for alarmy. Uh if I can just quickly see. Um the Clash at Demon Head, Brie Larson's song in um, what's it called? Scott Scott Pilgrim. Period. Period. That, that plays for 5 a.m. for me to wake up at. And then my 5:30 <laughs> alarm is the main theme song for Ruby. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, I have to solve moderately difficult math equations. Not not like two plus two. We're talking like 75 plus 62 plus 84. And I'm like. Fuck, what is that? Why do I have to, why do I do this to myself? At five in the morning, why am I doing this? You know, I, I just can't wake up to music. It, it doesn't work. Or I also set like 10 alarms. Mm. And so that just too many songs to think of. Uh, I did find out recently before leaving school, Neva and Ava and I are home now. We left school last week. Uh, it feels so long since we last recorded for some reason. Finals week and coming home was the longest week week in a couple days I've ever lived through. And so it feels so long ago. But anyways, the reason I got here was uh, last week my roommate was was telling us that he just heard mine and our other roommates alarms go off interchangeably all morning from like eight to to two it was just an alarm coming from either jake or i's room and you know i didn't hear it so not my problem (laughs) oh no it just really do be like that sometimes it really just do be all right robert as our esteemed guest of the week we have a special task for you which is the summarize <laughs> these two chapters. I would like to preface this by saying um, originally I wanted to do like something special, but then I had no time to do something special. So the next time I, I guessed, I'll do something special for the 30 second recap. All right. I, I'm v- so interested to, to learn what that could mean. Oh, that's... Me as well. I'll keep the suspense alive. Yes, keep the suspense alive. All right. Are you ready? In Emotionally three... or physically? Uh, spiritually? Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready spiritually. Okay, good enough. Three, two, one, go. So Percy leaves the underworld and they all uh, meet up at the Empire State Building. They go up to try and get an audience with Zeus, who is unfortunately not there. Hestia is there to sort of give Percy a little flashback into the past to give Percy an idea of Luke's uh, background and upbringing. Uh, they also meet with Hermes, who has a message for them to for Percy to look for the rivers and also to stay away from his do- uh, from uh, Athena's daughter. Um, they essentially oh, crud, they essentially split up technical bridges and tunnels and percy goes to you are out of time i got through the first chapter you got through the first chapter it's it's a lot there's a lot that happens yeah i I was reading and i'm like oh my god it's still going (laughs) yeah what what do we want to fill in that he forgot um 
I mean, he meets the rivers. He cleans the rivers. The rivers stop. Oh, uh, the hunters arrive. The hunters I actually, yeah. actually, I would be lying to you if I did if I didn't say that when the hunters part came, I started tearing up a little bit. Aww. It was just, it was just like a, oh, this is such a beautiful moment where like people come in, and I love like an Avengers Endgame kind of like oh all our favorite characters are arriving back for the final battle type beat it's just do we want to try and say who would be which member of the avengers like percy would be captain america i guess by default oh i would say percy's captain america i do agree Um, i don't know i think annabeth is iron man I which is kind of mean to Annabeth, but it's also true. Lots of love for Annabeth, Mm. very little love for Iron Man. Ooh, that's a hot take. That that might be actually the most controversial thing I've said on this podcast, and that's saying something. (laughs) But um, this is not an Iron Man support podcast. It's an Iron Man defamation podcast, actually. Not defamation. Oh Not God. consistently, but when I would get the chance. Talia is Thor. Yes, hands down. And that's all that really matters. Yeah, you just knock out the big three. All right, Neve, are you prepared to serenade us? <laughs> no. Um, please please I- perform <laughs> your musical selections. <laughs> No, thank you. I am done with the semester. I do not need to do any more performances for a little bit. Um, I have so little justification for these picks as well. I very like seldom have justification for my picks. I'm just like, I don't know. This is the vibe. Um, I have also so much happened during these chapters that it was so hard to like pick a song to encapsulate the entire chapter. So I'm more focused on like moments or just vibe. Basically, for chapter nine, I picked And So It Goes by Billy Joel. It is one of the saddest songs I know in the world. And I felt like so much of the development of this chapter was, like, very sad. Um, Like, Annabeth's memory, like, just very sad. So... I feel like that's a good song for, like, when they're overlooking the sleeping New York. Exactly. That's also... So, that's what I picked. And then, um, for chapter 10, I picked Run Boy Run by Woodkid. And I have no justification. That's just what I was feeling. <laughs> That's why I picked it. I wasn't it the last the last time I picked songs. I also was like, I think for both of them was like, I have no reasoning. I have That's no I support. I mean, <laughs> like this is this is what I picked. I have no reason behind it. This is that just is what I think should be it. How some of my final papers went. Like, oh, here here's my thesis. I have no justification. Hmm. But I truly do believe yeah. in this. With my whole heart, I could not tell you why. That's so funny. Oh my God. If we're, if we're talking about uh, moments when we just stopped giving a shit for finals, uh, I recently talked about this on my podcast. For one of my English finals, we were supposed to do like a modernization of a scene from Hamlet. Uh, I did not do that. I just recited Hamlet's soliloquy while Evanescence Bring Me to Life was playing in the background. And I got an A for that. College. 
<laughs> I think Emily Dickens is a lesbian. Half credit. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Some of the some classes are like I have to give you my firstborn child, mm. and some classes are like, especially some theater classes, you just stand there in silence for five minutes. And they're like powerful. And, like, powerful. <laughs> what a moment! You said so little. But you said so much. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. What did we forget from these chapters? Um, Honestly, a lot. I did not remember. Yeah, no. Same. Like most of the most of chapter nine. I remember a good amount of chapter ten, I guess, but most of chapter nine. Yeah, I did not remember that we got a little Hermes moment. I did not remember that we got the this flashback. To them meeting. I remembered it like once it started. I was like, oh yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Duh. But I had forgotten about that completely. I I knew the hunters came. And I knew they did the Lincoln Tunnel. I don't know why that detail was so. It was like, the hunters take the Lincoln Tunnel. I just knew that in my bones. That sounds like a great great movie title. The hunters take the Lincoln Tunnel. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I definitely for the other thing I really kind of forgot were that that were, that were like you know first in my mind was that Chiron doesn't go up with them. Um, he just sort of drops them up. He's like, I'm not the leader. I'm just a teacher. Deuces later. And best of the, luck. <laughs> best, best of luck. Runs the hell off to go find his brothers. And the other thing I kind of forgot was that there's all these uh, security measures in place so that the only way Kronos and his army can get to Olympus is through the elevators. And I'm like, yeah, it would be funny to just imagine a bunch of hellhounds going up in the elevators to like staying alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like weird elevator <laughs> music. And yeah. like all of them trying to squeeze in. It's like, no, you'll have to get the <laughs> I did forget that there was some weird like plot device justification for exactly how the ba- why the battle goes the way it does mm. and why Kronos can't just like appear but also I have to say what an insane plot device is the sleeping yeah it I was I was sitting there I was like they 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 put in so much effort to not kill these mortals which you would think after everything Luke and Kronos have done in the past few books, would it matter to them? Luke would just be like, swing, swing, kill all the mortals. Right? Like, he has a sword specifically that lets him kill both mortals and monsters. So, I that that whole, like, little plot hole was sitting over these entire two chapters for me. I was like, it's cool. It's creepy morally i don't think they're above killing all the mortals in new york is it actually easier for them to to for them to be all asleep i don't know i could could not tell you but also maybe they're like i guess we have morpheus what are we gonna do with him (laughs) (laughs) he needs a job i i have to say without spoiling anything which doesn't matter because you got spoiled here. Uh, yeah. Everyone does eventually wake up. I can't imagine how good it must feel to wake up from a Morpheus nap. Yeah. Or how bad. 
or have listen dude is I, it like having a nice sleep or taking one of those naps like in the afternoon that you wake up and you're like i should not have napped <laughs> whatever it is it's going to be better than whatever my current sleep schedule is yeah that's real i have been home this is my third third full day home now i have yet to sleep i have but not a lot because I came home and I I teched a youth theater production of Les Mis in a park. Um, it was actually very good. I was very impressed. They rehearsed on Zoom and then performed live without ever rehearsing in person. Nice. So m- more than I could do. <laughs> uh, and then I had to get up for a dentist appointment today. So I've yet to like have a fulfilling sleep because, of course, I still have gone to bed at four in the morning. That's that, that's some advice we should pass. How old is the average listener of your podcast? Do you know from your statistics? Um, we have a big like eighteen to twenty three. Uh, following about college age is our perfect. Our biggest uh, that, that's our age. Just 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 going off. Uh, uh, Brayden's life currently. Everyone, uh, please take care of your teeth. Brush your teeth, floss, all that jazz. Because despite what you think, you will be like 40 someday and your teeth will be garbage and it'll be a horrible thing in your life. I was very thrown today. They use a water pick now. That was oh, new. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's weird. Like new within the past six months too. I was like, oh, okay. No scrapey today. Only water. And water still somehow hurts. And water still somehow <laughs> they managed hurts. to make it painful. It's almost more painful, I think. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that there's those like high precision cutting instruments that's just blasting water in a really thin stream. Yes, you're so right. They're, this they're is the exact same doing, thing. Yeah, they're just doing that, but to your teeth, which is ridiculous. But mm. my teeth feel very nice right now. Your shiny teeth and me. My, my nice, shiny white teeth. <laughs> exactly. What else did we forget? Uh, I forgot about the shield. Yeah. That that was a neat little... This whole, this whole chapter, or two chapters, I was like, ooh, the battle's starting. So, like, everything that happened got me really excited. I was like, the shield! Oh. Here we go! <laughs> because objectively, the best part of this book is chapters 9 through 20. AKA when it's the battle part. Yeah, the back half where the battle happens. Where the battle happens. And yeah, then there's yeah. like a couple and then there's like a couple more chapters after that. Mm-hmm. But after after they win, it's a little less exciting. It's a little just wrap up. <laughs> I just really love the the battle writing because it's so cool and there's so much magic. Yeah, that's pretty much all I forgot though. Like it was really just chapter nine. Like chapter 10, I remembered a lot. Oh yeah, the, the um, rivers is so distinct mm. in my mind that that was... There are some landmarks in these books that you're like, this happens. And I knew that happened. (laughs) And the next thing that I know that happens is 
is Cl- uh, Clarice comes. So I I have a bit of, of a gap. <laughs> you you're, you like a third of the book is just missing from your memory. <laughs> I think there's something. I think Grover comes back soon. Maybe. Well, Predictions first, for a book that I have read. Uh, well, Percy did send Miss Elyria to be like, hey, girl, go find Goat Boy. Fetch. She did. This is, do, do you guys remember in, like, elementary school, one of the the topics in English, like, one of the, the, the tools of reading is you'd have to make predictions oh, about God, what yeah. was going to happen what a stupid skill to learn. Dude, so weird. Like, who cares? I mean, I think before, like, when we were in elementary school, it was before, like, the Common Core standards set in. And, like, I remember our standardized tests would have, like, portions where you would write stories, like, fictional stories. Like, that was, like, the, instead of an essay, it would be, like, write a story. And, like, that was always so, like, they, there was such less of an emphasis on like essays and analytical writing until like sixth grade it was really weird I just remember like doing reading logs and at the end of the reading log you'd have to be like what do you think comes next but I would always have to lie because I always was doing a book I had already read the worst was like for like those little packets they give you their little short stories that have no sequel they're like oh what do you think happens next I'm like how am I supposed to know there's no sequel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like, but what do you think? You will never know because there is nothing to predict. But they really trained us to become like fan bloggers in element. Like we were primed for Marvel movies and, and theorizing. Oh no. Everyone who were everyone who was let down from their predictions from WandaVision were just like they did soup they, they didn't mm-hmm. know they did badly in like elementary school English. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Or like elementary school did the same thing to us Taylor Swift does. Said I here's this. What do you think happens next? Taylor Swift's fan theory TikTok is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's crazy because it's also not wrong. It's right more times than it's wrong. Well, that's not true. They've been very wrong recently. But, like, they had a good track record for a while. Recently, it's gone downhill. Um, There is nearly a third album to be seen. That's exactly what she wants you to think. That's exactly what she... she, Yeah, I, I do... This is some more wild conjecture i have a theory that she was gonna release a third album and then saw everyone figuring it out and was like no i will wait so she's sitting on this third album that's not gonna drop for like years because she'll in like 2030 she'll be like you remember folklore and evermore i've had 20 more albums drop since then but you were right i hid this from you i have the third album. Wasn't it called like Wildwood or something like that? Westworld? No, Woodvale. Woodvale. <laughs> Wildwood is. <laughs> I think she should rename it to Wildwood. Oh my God. It's a beach in New Jersey, isn't it? It sadly is. Yeah. 
Woodvale's good too. All right. I guess that's decent. We will take a quick break and then we will come back to discuss the theme of corruption. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you leave the dentist a fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners will get 15% off their total purchase with the code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. All right, I am back. Hello, welcome back to Return to Camp Half Blood. We can just start from there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that works. Yeah, let's talk about corruption. (laughs) Yeah! USA, USA. (laughs) Where did we see the theme corruption in these chapters. Hmm. <laughs> a couple places. Yeah, I saw it in a few places and then I saw it in a few places that I'm like, technically that's corruption. Those are our favorite. Yeah. I like, this kind of fits. Yeah. So we can just, convince everyone of this. The general idea that I got of corruption, I have to like really look it up to like really get the idea. It's um like dishonest conduct by people in power to get something they want. That's the general idea. And I would think like, okay, Kronos does that a lot. Like uh, Hera's doing that. But then I'm like, there's also a few instances and I'm like, technically speaking, Percy's doing it in some cases or Annabeth is doing it in some cases. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think the interesting thing about corruption in these books is I one of the the morals I think is that power corrupts but I don't know if it pans out. It's one of those things that is set up and then okay, actually, you know, it does because we're going to spoil a little bit. Oh shit. Like we haven't already. Like we haven't already. Percy in this book is slowly becoming less and less mortal because we see him give up his 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 escape with Rachel to live a, a normal life. He is committing to the demigod life. He goes into the river sticks. He is committing himself to not being a normal demigod anymore. He's more powerful. He is committing himself to being the chosen one. I am the chosen one. I, you know, in the in Order of the Phoenix. Oh no, is that Order of the Phoenix? Half Blood Prince. Half Blood Prince. It's Half Blood Prince. Yeah, yeah, Half Blood yeah, yeah. Prince. I love that moment. It's so funny. 
Daniel Radcliffe is 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 actually a great comedic actor. Anyways, what was I saying? Oh, okay. He becomes the chosen one. And then at the end of this book, he has the opportunity to become even more powerful. He is given the chance to become a god. But he knows if he does that, he'll fall into the same trap that Luke did. He'll fall into the same trap that the gods themselves have. It becoming a god means you're disconnecting yourself from your mortality and corruption i think is often looked at as becoming evil i think corruption is more about be losing track of who you are i think it could be perceived that way um and percy i think has realized that if he goes this one last step he will lose track of who he is and who he has been. And also that's, I, how does he lose the curse of Achilles? Someone explain that to me. I forgot. Um, in Son of Neptune, when he goes to Camp Jupiter, spoilers, by the way, for anyone who cares, um, he goes to Camp Jupiter and the river that is like the border of Camp Jupiter, once he crosses it, it washes away all kinds of curses and stuff. And that's where he loses the curse of Achilles. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I know he doesn't have it in the Heroes of Olympus. I don't remember if he loses it at the end of this book or in the mystery time where he's no. disappeared. Hera just my, my favorite it. part. My favorite part of the of Son of Neptune is that he'll describe because on his way to Camp Jupiter, he's fighting two Gorgons, I think, or two something. Yes, the, the and, Medusa's sisters. Yeah, and he's and describing how... They have plates of samples, sorry. Yeah, and he's describing, like, Flexing how that I know them. things. A, no stuff. He's, he's, he's being like, I can't kill them, but also they try and scratch me and bite me, and it's like they're biting steel. And I'm like, that's very funny to think about. That is, yeah. Just imagine him waking up one day in the middle of San Francisco and they're trying to curb stomp him, but he can't feel anything. He's been sleeping through the whole attack. He, like, doesn't even realize. He's like, whoa, what's happening? hey how we doing? <laughs> Where else did we see corruption? Um, so, technically speaking, so this is one of those technicallys. When Hestia first brings up that Percy, you know, he's, he, she's like to Percy, oh, I've seen you bore the curse of Achilles. And all the campers behind him are being like, what? Achilles, what did she say? Technically corruption. He lied to everyone and didn't admit that he received the curse of Achilles because he benefited from it somehow? I guess, see, I guess this is the question of what is corruption and what is just being a bad like not being necessarily a nice or a good person Mm -hmm. i think corrupt so i guess the question we have to ask is would percy have normally told them all if he normally would have and didn't maybe that's corruption from the curse of achilles if he never would have if he always was going to keep this to himself Maybe it's just Percy. You know, because like I would I would say Kronos is a bad person. Is he corrupt? <laughs> Hot fucking 
can take. Wow. I think that's one of the most controversial things you've ever said on this podcast. I think the villain of the story is bad. He's a bad person. <laughs> no, well, it it was a setup to the second half of the sentence. Continue. So, Kronos is a bad person, obviously. Is he corrupt? Because was Kronos ever good? And did some outside source come in and corrupt him? Because I feel like corruption requires like the action of an outside source upon the individual. Mm. Which is debatable. I'm making shit up. Okay. Well, (laughs) I get that, but it's still, you know, it, it, that definition makes it feel like corruption is very one-sided because like when you think about corruption in luke he yes was obviously influenced by this power that was way more like way stronger than him and this like ancient awful evil being but like he also like willingly chose to engage with him does that make sense so like yeah corruption isn't necessarily like one thing completely overpowering another um, and make making it bad it like also takes a little bit of bad within the person being corrupted well, one of the other things I liked about doing some research for corruption another uh, definition for corruption is the process of changing something from its original meaning a meaning so technically speaking Percy does corrupt himself when he bears the curse of Achilles he's changing himself from his original meaning quote-unquote he's no longer relying on his natural strength or his natural abilities. He needs to be enhanced by essentially the equivalent of super steroids. Yeah. Bathing in the river sticks to have an an equal fighting chance. But then you can argue that's corruption in the name of good, which is a whole other, that's a whole other discussion. I, I like that question though. Like is corruption inherently bad? Or is it just inherently different? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, like there are some there are some definite like clear examples of like bad corruption, like Hera sending cows to Annabeth in San Francisco and like leaving cow poop all over. Like mm-hmm. that's that's her abusing her power to get something she wants, which is to annoy the crap out of Annabeth. Like that's bad. That's a very clear cut bad example or like good example of corruption good example of bad corruption there we go <laughs> there's I'm a bad. saying that oh my gosh okay i think it goes like absolute power corrupts absolutely and i think that it's interesting having, there's a saying it's a line from newsies i think it was a saying before it was a line from newsies <laughs> but I but why do you, you neve but why do you know it <laughs> because my grandmother said it to me once and i don't think she watched newsies <laughs> I really don't think that she was like a Newsies fan. I don't think she knew what it was. So um, that's definitely been a saying before Newsies, I promise. Um, I also wasn't a Newsies fan, surprisingly. That wasn't wasn't my musical theater past. It does kind Uh, of make sense that you weren't. Thank you. (laughs) It's just not necessarily your vibe. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but basically, like, 
it's interesting having this discussion of like, is it good or bad? Because, you know, Percy is inherently going to act different just because he is now physically indestructible. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Tough to know. Because like, you know, (laughs) this is a weird point, but you need a lot. He's going to need a little bit of delusional confidence (laughs) in order to win what he's going to try to win. So like whatever could provide him that delusional confidence, not necessarily a bad thing, even though it may bring him this curse or whatever. Um, and it also makes him literally indestructible, but you know, just, just being physically indestructible is not enough to win this war against this like group. So it, it makes sense that he would need something to give him delusional confidence. And maybe that makes him act like an asshole sometimes, but it is for the greater good. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Most times. I guess it is, we do question for the second half of the book what is like Percy as Percy and what is it, what of it has to do with bearing the curse of Achilles, you know? I did find the full quote uh, and it's power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are all almost always bad men. It's a little gendered, but I think that's, it's just interesting to, to postulate that no matter like any kind of power is, is problematic and, and Percy has become invulnerable and that is near absolute power. And so I think if he were invulnerable for the rest of his life, then he would become absolutely corrupt. That is true. Just just for everyone who didn't hear, I just uh, uh, tried to sneeze and I did it and then I yelled loudly. So that's how my (laughs) life just went. It was very funny to watch. (laughs) But just going back, this is also the first time I think Percy's genuinely had metaphorical power like he has the power mm. of the son of the of son of poseidon and all that water power this is the first time he's been put in charge of like all the other campers and everyone's looking to him like sure. a leader so that would also lead into uh power corrupting percy in some way like he has to make all these decisions about where to who to send and where to send them and what to do and what's to prioritize and there's a whole lot of things that he imagined that he just might not make the best decision yeah it's also, but also the question is, I do think Percy does fairly well with the power he gains. And I think that's because another proverbial saying is that those who are best fit to lead are those who don't want it. Percy doesn't really want to be a leader. He's never really, that's never really been a goal of his. He doesn't really want to be the chosen one of the prophecy. And that's why it's him. True. <laughs> Although I feel like we've talked a lot about over the past couple of books, him being like, well, everything's about me, like accepting that the prophecy is about him. Yeah. Which it is. But then again, we're spoiling a lot during this. But then we find out at the end of this book that like the back half of the pers- the prophecy isn't about him. And like, it's just very interesting that while he spent like the past couple of books gearing up to be 
in charge of this whole prophecy. And then it turns out that the actual hero in reference towards the end of it was not him. Very, I mean, I won't say Luke. It was Luke. It's just very interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say, and, uh, nope, it was Luke. I'm going to say it's Like Luke. everyone knows it. It's not, sorry if you don't. <laughs> but if you're still listening after five seasons, will we spoil literally everything? I don't think. I think we spoiled very little of Trials of Apollo. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> a whole book series ahead of what we're talking about. A whole book series ahead and a whole book series that none of us have read and therefore uh, have no grounds to spoil. Spoilers for Trial of Apollo. It's just Scott Pilgrim, but gay. Sounds I'm excited. Great. Yeah. That's a very roundabout sort of way to describe Trial. Just, just get to the books when you get to them eventually. They are a trip. <laughs> I do. I know like one single thing about the books, oh, and it's like okay. a big thing, and yeah. so I won't say it because it's very far, and about a character we haven't even met yet. Mm. So, um, find like, out in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a couple Stay years. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll see how long it it takes takes us to get through Heroes of Olympus. Seventy five years, especially we're doing two chapters in a week. We're gonna have to bend the rules. Like it is now. I I told I said when I get home from from school, I will spend the time to figure out how we're gonna approach the lost hero. And now now that time is upon me, and now I have to figure it out. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Where else do we see corruption? I think it's interesting in Daedalus's plan how it is left open to whether so plan 23 all the automatons in New York will raise an army basically and I like that it's presented as Percy asks oh is this army to attack or defend Olympus and Annabeth's like um Depends on the day. Imagine if Daedalus was still alive. He's like, you know, I'm pretty pissed at the Olympians today. Uh, time to actively plan third 23 and just send them all to Olympus. You know, I think I think that that presents somewhat how the idea of corruption is very black and white. I think it is you start off good and are made bad. And Daedalus is a very a character who who both highlights corruption and goes against the ideas of corruption. Uh, what, what what's that old saying? Um the road to hell is paved with good intentions. With good intentions. Yes. Yeah. Look at all of these sayings today. Proverbs. Idioms perhaps. I don't remember the difference between those. Parables. A parable is a story. I do know that. We haven't done a parable yet. Someone think of one. There once was a man from Peru who dreamed he was eating his shoe. He woke woke in the night. He woke with a fright in the middle of the night to find that his dream had come true. So, that was a limerick. Close enough. 
Another provocative question asked here on Return to Camp Half-Blood. Are limericks technically parables? (laughs) Or must a parable be prose? We're answering the real hard-hitting questions on this podcast that have completely to do with Percy Jackson and the Olympians. They actually have so much to do with Percy Jackson and the Olympians. In a cosmic sort of way. Doesn't everything in a cosmic sort of way? I suppose. I'm trying to think of other places. I see. I mean, Luke. We've touched upon it. Kind of. I don't know if I even have that much to say about it, about Luke. It's pretty self-explanatory. Like, Luke was corrupt. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we... Corrupted. I think, I do think these chapters kind of established that he was corrupted and he wasn't always bad. Yeah. Because we we do see the little flashback where he, he saves Annabeth. And there... I do like the part where Percy's like, oh, Hestia told me I had to learn about uh, Luke's family. And she's not talking about May and Hermes. She's talking about Annabeth and Talia. Yeah. Oh. To be fair, there's a lot we still don't know about Talia. Like, can we just get a book series? No, we never learn about Talia. No. Literally. Like, what I need to know more about her life. She has a line where she's like, "Oh, Jackson, I've, de- my, I've had crazier adventures than you." And Jackson's and Percy's like, "Nah, I don't think so." And then that's just it. The conversation ends because they have to like prepare for war. But I'm like, no, I would like to read about these adventures, Talia. Expand. Please thank you. <laughs> Expand. Finish that thought. The hunters are so cool, and we we don't get to know any of them after Titan's Curse. Because we see him a little spoilers. I do. Do we in Trials of Apollo? We can say if we learn about that. Like, <laughs> um, this is like an overall thematic idea, not a specific plot point. The hunters around this play a, a pretty big role in the Trials of Apollo. That makes sense. Because, you know, Apollo and his sisters, Artemis, the hunters of Artemis. Yeah, that that would make sense. I will have to say I did not think about that until now. Um, but now I have thought about it. Therefore, we will move on to Percy's sass moments. I said it again. I said it again. They have not been Percy's sass moments since the origins of this show uh, over a year ago. Mm. They have not been Percy Sass moments since then, but unimportant. Unimportant. What was funnies? Um, I liked when uh, Percy, when the rivers attack Percy and they realize they didn't kill him, uh, East is like, son of Poseidon, and Percy nods. And Hudson's like, took a dip in the six. Yep. And then they both make like disgusted sounds. And I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's not even really sass. That's just Percy being like sort of sarcastic a little bit, I guess. I remember that moment from like, I remembered reading that moment as a child. <laughs> like, I remember that moment vividly. Like, I don't know why that was so funny to me when I was 10, but man, it made me laugh. Brayden, you can go. I'm still looking for mine. Okay. My moment is, uh, 
in chapter 10. Uh, it's when they have the video shield. Uh, we were crowded around as Annabeth concentrated. The image zoomed and spun at first, so I got motion sickness. I started too early. I'm skipping down. Whoa, Connor Stoll said. Back up. Zoom in right there. What? Annabeth said nervously. You see invaders? No, right there. Dylan's candy bar. Connor grinned at his brother. Dude, I think it's open and everyone is asleep. You think what I'm thinking? <laughs> I couldn't find it in time, but that was also mine. That That whole little scene was very funny, but it's just like... I remember being a kid and like I had been to Dylan's Candy Bar because I lived near the city and I was like, that would be so sick <laughs> like if it was open, but everyone was sleeping. Uh, this is going to be such a deep cut. Did you guys ever see the Jimmy Neutron movie? Like the very first movie? Yes. Yeah. That scene where they realize all the parents are gone and they just start destroying the town, eating all the candy. <laughs> That's essentially what Travis and Connor are trying to do. Yeah, I love a parents are gone plot line. <laughs> like we, Good classic parents remember, are gone. Remember, uh, gone the gone the series by who? Who was it by? He's like a well known author. Like, oh fuck, Michael Flynn. I made up a name. Maybe I'm pretty sure that's a person in Trump's cabinet, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I know I need to know now. But <laughs> there, was also, there was also there was also Google this. Michael Grant. Michael Grant. Yeah. There was also the Spartacle Mysteries, which was a, a I think a British TV show. Mm. Um I also just watched an episode. I've been re-watching Young Justice. Just watched an episode where they did did that. Um it's a great trope. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's fantastic. Mm. All right, what are our offerings this week? I'm deciding between two, so take it away, anyone, so you can hopefully make my decision a little easier. Mine, I think, is Percy, specifically for the moment in which he stands up for Annabeth to Hermes. He's like, I am gonna die right now, but that's fine. It's definitely fine. I'm about to die. Hermes just starts growing, and Percy's like, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> Literally. I'm in danger. Well, I guess I know what meme I'm making on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got our ideas going. You're here, so you can you got a heads up. Mm. I remember the first collab we did, I actually wrote notes as I was doing because I'm like, oh, I'll write notes. And then I misplaced those notes and I had to re-listen to the episode and be like, okay, memes, I have to do them. <laughs> uh, my offering is going to go to Athena, who, as usual, is the god with the brain cells, who's like, you know... The demigods have the ground. We have the wind spirits taking care of the skies. Ah, shoot, who's taking care of the rivers? Who's taking care of the rivers? Percy, take care of the rivers. <laughs> and also, don't touch my daughter. <laughs> I did like it as like a button. <laughs> Just in case you forgot. I am not happy with this. So I will kill you. Mm -hmm. So my two choices, I was hoping one of you would pick Percy so that I could give it to Talia just for showing up. Because, uh, like, 
<laughs> Percy did deserve it. This these set of chapters. I'm but so I was like, oh, I really would love to give Talia and the Hunters as a as a collective, really just for being there, um, <laughs> but also because they're amazing and very strategical. And it was a, it was very good that they came. But like, very excited that I got to give it just to Talia for arriving. I am so mad that Percy keeps getting offerings even though i gave him an offering this week he does well he's in been book. he's been doing so well but i do i do also like that we've reached a point where i can like actually fully like percy again you know he does very well in this book he takes a while to get there moment. all right who are we voting off of the island <laughs> robert is excited about this oh go ahead um so, right, I'll actually say the one I'm going to do. Usually I would say Brayden, but that's like the joke I say for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually want to vote off Rick Riordan because constantly throughout this chapter and throughout subsequent chapters in the book, he keeps teasing us like, oh, Percy, you, be- you bore the curse of Achilles, but that comes with a terrible cost. Ooh. And then it never pays off. He, he never has to pay that. He never has to pay that debt. You just got free. Oh, congratulations. You were invulnerable for like a year. Okay, that's it. You're done. You're so right. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. That's so true. Just total empty promise. Mine is for Hermes. <laughs> he did bad. Silence. We were like, oh. I found out recently that Hermes was like spelt Hermes. And I don't believe you for some reason, but you're probably right. Right? It's wild. Well, I also vote off Hermes, but not said like that. What did you even say? Hermes? Hermes, like the fashion brand. There's there's an there's an apostrophe over the last E. But it's like, it's Hermes. Hermes. Fascinating. Well, I vote off Hermes. I feel bad for him sometimes, so I don't like doing this. But also he was was mostly awful in this chapter. And, you know, there was moments in, what was the book that he came in a lot? Like, Titan's Curse? I don't remember. He was like- Sea of Monsters. Sea of Monsters? Yes. I thought it was Titan's Curse. No, because he gives Percy like the um, the the thermos with the winds and all that jazz. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, I got it mixed up. But like he was kind of sympathetic in that book because it seemed like he was on a good path and was like caring about his kid. And doesn't matter. He was bad in this chapter. So in Sea of Monsters, he was like, "Oh, please take care of my son. He he's lost his way, but you can bring him back." And in this book, he's like, "Oh, I fucked up so badly." Yeah, I was like, I oh, to... "How do I cover my ass now?" Exactly. Who do, who do I yell at so I don't get into trouble? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, folks. That is all for this week. Join us next week, where we will be joined by. Fran, the host of the Best Damn Camp podcast, as well as famed YouTuber and budding (laughs) author. Uh, We will be discussing chapters 11 and 12. We break a bridge and Rachel makes a deal through the theme of safety. 
Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on all the platforms that matter. We also have a Red Bubble store and a Patreon and a website, returntocamp.com. Robert, we sort of mentioned it in the beginning, but would you like to plug anything? Oh, yeah. As I said before, I'm the damn meme page on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm trying to bring that TikTok back. Um, I make memes for just about all the Percy Jackson podcasts, fans a few. Uh, I spend way too much time thinking about memes. Um, And I also... (laughs) And is that a bad thing? No. (laughs) I I don't know. When you think about memes as much as I do, you kind of think, maybe I have a problem. And I also have my own Rick Riordan podcast where uh, me and my friend Hal, we talk about the books that aren't Percy Jackson. Right now, we're in the middle of the second King Chronicles book, which is great. I love I love the King Chronicles. I think a little more than I like the Percy Jackson books, but I have to finish the third book to really have my final conclusion. I'm going to sip water. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm glad that it's, we've had scheduling conflicts like the past two seasons. Yeah. So. Oh, well. As I keep saying, it just be like that. Just but we're so glad that we can get you on this season. Very exciting. Yeah. You had me. You had me for the almost beginning, and now you have me for the end. There, there yes. we go. Yeah. Full circle moment. All right. We will talk to you, listeners, later. See you Bye. next week. Bye. Bye.